Summer, Part Six from the Flowers of Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Flowers of Shakespeare by Esther Singleton. Marigold and Larkspur. Marigold, Calendula officinalis. Shakespeare was devoted to the marigold. He always speaks of it with poetic rapture. The marigold that goes to bed with the sun, and with him rises weeping, is Perdita's idea of the shining flower, which in these few words she tells us closes its petals in the evening, and at dawn awakens wet with dew. Then in the beautiful dawn song in Cymbeline, winking Mary buds remind us that the goldflower is consecrated to the Virgin Mary. This song, so full of the freshness of early morning, and the sweet perfume of flowers holding in their deep cups sufficient dew to water the horses of the sun just appearing above the horizon is one of the loveliest of lyrics hark hark the lark at heaven's gate sings and phoebus skins arise his steeds to water at those springs on chaliced flowers that lies and winking merry buds begin to ope their golden eyes with everything that pretty is my lady, sweet, arise, arise, arise. The marigold, says Light, hath pleasant, bright, and shining yellow flowers, the which do close at the setting down of the sun, and do spread and open again at the sun rising. And Lupton writes, some do call it spousa solis, the spouse of the sun, because it sleeps and is awakened with him. In the rape of Lucrece, Shakespeare also mentions the flower. Her eyes, like marigolds, hath sheathed their light and canopied in darkness sweetly lay till they might open to adorn the day. Very prettily, the flower is introduced in Middleton and Rowley's Spanish Gypsy. You the sun to her must play, she to you the marigold, to none but you her leaves unfold. Another old English name for the marigold was Rudd's, and a prettier one was the gold flower, often called simply the gold or gould. Chaucer talks of yellow girls. The name was still used in Elizabeth's day. Colin Clout has, but if I her like aught on earth might read, I would her liken to a crown of lilies upon a virgin bride's adorned head, with roses dight and ghouls and daffodillies. In medieval times, the monks gave to the goldflower the prefix Mary, with the legend that the Virgin Mary loved to wear the flower in her bosom, hence Shakespeare calls it Mary Buds. Of Shakespeare's marigolds, Parkinson writes, They are called Calther of divers, and taken to be that Calther whereof both Virgil and Columella have written. Others do call them Calendula of the Calends, that is, the first day of the months, wherein they are thought chiefly to flower, and thereupon the Italians call them Fiori di Ognimesi, that is, the flowers of every month. We call them in English generally girls or marigolds. The herb and flowers are of great use with us among other pot herbs, and the flowers, either green or dyed, are often used in possets, broths and drinks, as a comforter of the heart and spirits, and to expel any malignant or pestilential quality gathered near thereunto. The syrup and conserve 
made of the fresh flowers, are used for the same purpose to good effect. Parkinson divides marigolds into two classes, single and double. The garden marigold, he says, hath round green stalks, branching out from the ground into many parts, whereon are set long, flat green leaves, broader and rounder at the point than anywhere else. The flowers are sometimes very thick and double, breaking out of a scaly, clammy green head, composed of many rows of leaves, set so close together, one within another, that no middle thrum can be seen, and sometimes less double, having a small brown spot of a thrum in the middle, and sometimes but of two or three rows of leaves with a large brown thrum in the middle, everywhere whereof is somewhat broader at the point, and nicked in two or three corners, of an excellent, fair, deep, gold-yellow colour in some, and paler in others, and of a pretty strong, a resinous, sweet scent. There is no difference between this and the single marigold, but that the flowers are single, consisting of one row of leaves of the same colour, either paler or deeper yellow, standing about a great brown thrum in the middle. Our gardens are the chief places for the double flowers to grow in. Another description is contained in the famous Gardener's Labyrinth by Didymus Mountain, Thomas Hill. The marigold, named by the herbarians Calendula, is so properly termed, for that in every calend and in each month this reneweth of the own accord, and is found to bear flowers as well in winter as summer, for which the Italians name the same the flower of every month, but some term it the sun's spouse, or the follower of the sun, and is of some named the husbandman's dial, in that the same showeth to them both the morning and evening tide. Others name it the sun's bride and sun's herb, in that the flower of the same follow the sun, as from the rising by the south into the west, and by a notable turning obeying to the sun, in such manner that what part of heaven he possesseth, they unto the same turned behold, and that in a cloudy and thick air like directed, as if they should be revived, quickened and moved with the spirit of him. Such is the love of it known to be toward that royal star, being in the night-time for desire of him as pensive and sad. They be shut or close together, but at the noontime of the day, fully spread abroad, as if they with spread arms longed, or diligently attended, to embrace their bridegroom. This marigold is a singular kind of herb, sown in gardens, as well for the pot as for the decking of garlands, beautifying of nosegays, and to be worn in the bosom. The marigold is supposed to be the chrysanthemum, or gold flower of the Greeks, the heliotrope, solsequium, and the story goes that the flower was originally the nymph Clytie, who gazed all day upon the sun with whom she had fallen in love. At length she was turned into the flower. All yellow flowers, said St. Francis de Sales, and above all those that the Greeks call heliotrope, and we call sunflower, not only rejoice at the sight of the sun, but follow with loving fidelity the attraction of its rays, gazing at the sun and turning towards it from its rising to its setting. Very charmingly does George Wither, a contemporary of Shakespeare, refer to this. When, with a serious musing, I behold the grateful and obsequious marigold, how duly every morning she displays her open breast when Phoebus spreads his rays, how she observes him in his daily walk, still bending towards him her small slender stalk, how when he down declines she droops and mourns, 
bedewed as twere, with tears till he returns, and how she veils her flowers when he is gone. When this I meditate, methinks the flowers have spirits far more generous than ours. Margaret of Orleans, grandmother of Henry the Fourth, knowing well the legend of the flower, chose for her device a marigold with the motto, Je ne veux suivre que lui seul. In the reign of Henry the Eighth, the marigold was often called souvenir, and sentimental ladies wore wreaths of marigolds mixed with the hearties. To dream of marigolds denoted prosperity, riches, successes, and a happy and a wealthy marriage. As the marigold was a solar flower, the astrologers placed it under the sign and care of Leo. In a holy Elizabethan spirit, Keats sang, Open afresh your round of starry folds, ye ardent marigolds, dry up the moisture from your golden lids, for great Apollo bids that in these days your praises should be sung on many harps which he has lately strung, and when again your dewiness he kisses, tell him I have you in my world of blisses. So happily when I rove in some far vale, his mighty voice may come upon the gale. The Shakespearean marigold must not be confused with the French marigold, Flos Africanus, called also Indian gillyflower, flower of Africa and flower of Tunis. A long chapter on this marigold appears in Parkinson's book. This is the tightly rolled up little flower of irregular ragged petals, but of a rich deep golden hue. Parkinson also speaks of the great Peruvian sunflower, which he admires greatly and describes with enthusiasm. We know it well as our common sunflower, with its dark centre and yellow rays, a magnificent specimen of the floral world, worthy of the adoration of the Incas, and of more than we usually accord it. Larkspur, Delphinium. Lark's heels trim, one of the flowers in the introductory song of the two noble kinsmen, is the Delphinium, also called Larkspur, Lark's claw, Lark's toes, and Knightspur. The generic name is derived from the Greek Delphinium, because the buds were thought to resemble the form of a dolphin. As with many other plants, there were two kinds, the wild and the tame, and it was the wild kind that was nourished up in gardens, according to Parkinson, who describes the plant as having small long green leaves finely cut, almost like fennel, and the branches ending in a long spike of hollow flowers with a long spur behind them. They are of several colours, bluish purple or white, or ash colour, or red, paler or deeper, and party-coloured of two colours in a flower. They are called diversely by diverse writers as Consolida regulus, Calieris flos, Flos regius, Buchanum bromonarum, and Cuminum sylvestre, Altrium dioscoridis. But the most usual name with us is Delphinium. But whether it be the true Delphinium of Dioscoridis, or the poet's hyacinth, or the flower of Ajax, Another place is fitter to discuss than this. We call them in English lark's heels, lark spurs, lark's toes or claws and monk's hoods. There is no use of any of these in physic in these days that I know, but are wholly spent for their flower's sake. A modern botanist remarks, The gardener's ideal has been the full-flowered spike with the goodly range of colours on the cord of blue. We think of larkspur as blue, some of these blues are pale as the sky, some pure cobalt, others indigo, and still others are a strange broken blue. 
gorgeous and intense, yet impure, glittering on the surface as if it were strewn with broken glass and sometimes darkened into red. The centre of a larkspur is often grotesque. The hairy petals suggest a bee at the heart of a flower, and the flower itself looks like a little creature poised for flight. In structure, the garden race has changed very little from the primitive type, though that type has wandered far from the simplicity of the buttercup, which names the rain on Kulikai. Whatever path of evolution the larkspur has trod, it is very clear that the goal at which it has arrived is cross-fertilisation by means of the bee. At some time along the path, the calyx took on the duties of the corolla, became highly coloured, developed a spur, while at the same time the corolla lessened both in size and in importance. The stamens mature before the pistil, and are so placed that the bee cannot get at the honey without covering its head with pollen, which it then bears to another flower. The name of monkshood is also given to the blue helmet flower, or aconite. Yellow lark seals is a name our Elizabethan forefathers gave to the Nasturtium indicum, a plant found in the West Indies and taken by the early Spanish explorers to Spain, whence it travelled to all parts of Europe. It is now very familiar in most gardens of any curiosity, says Parkinson. The likeness of this flower, having spurs or heels, is of so great beauty and sweetness withal that my garden of delight cannot be unfurnished without it. The flowers are of an excellent gold-yellow colour and grow all along the stalks. In the middle of each of the three lower leaves there is a little long spot or streak of an excellent crimson colour, with the long heel or spur behind hanging down. The whole flower hath a fine small scent, very pleasing, which being placed in the middle of some carnations or gillow flowers, for they are in flower at the same time, make a delicious tussy-mussy, as they call it, or nosegay, both for sight and scent. Monardus and others call it floss sanguineus, of the red spots in the flower, as also nasnerso de las indias, which is nasturtium indicum, and we thereafter in English, Indian cresses. Yet it may be called from the form of the flowers, yellow lark's heels. This flower is phosphorescent, and is said to admit sparks which are visible in the dark. End of Marigold and Larkspur. Recording by Florence.